so for the conversation today, I thought we, the many people that will tune in will know about you and know about your work, but some won't. So we won't spend too much time, but I thought it'd be good just to sort of begin with a few questions about about you and uh, let uh, let our listeners sort of discover who you are and uh, just uh, generally and then from your art practice. Um, so where'd you grow up, Haley? Um, I was born in Atlanta um, and uh, six weeks later moved to Key West. <laughs> uh -huh. um, I grew up my my you know like similar to a military family that moved around a lot my husband or my husband my father was in uh retail mm -hmm. and moved us constantly yeah uh so i grew up all around florida different um parts of the florida and we settled on jacksonville florida probably for the last part mm -hmm. and um since then you know i went to grad school in um Arizona, because uh, they had a program that just was about everything, and yeah. then moved to D.C. for a minute, and then ended up in Memphis for about 14 years. Yeah, and really, uh, not only professor of art, but you ended up being dean of the Memphis College of Art, right? And yep. big, yeah, um, it's interesting. Um, this question just popped into my mind, so I'll ask it. What What would you have done if you hadn't done photography? I would have been a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can believe that. There is an edge. There is a litigator's edge to your work. Uh, smart, but at the same time, um, uh, challenging, you know? Yeah, so I was, I knew, from when I was little, I wanted to be a lawyer. And so entered college, wanted to be a lawyer, started working for lawyers, and um, uh, quickly decided I didn't want to be a lawyer and kind of jumped around to chemistry astronomy uh and then i took a ceramics class and i just couldn't do it i couldn't throw on the wheel uh -huh. and then i took a photography class that like the second the developer hit the tray the print hit the developer uh -huh. tray like i was sold. yeah 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 so magic, for me it was uh -huh. very late in life finding photography mm, 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 mm. Yeah, I love that. That's such a way, you know, once that hook sets, you just, you're reeled in. Um, you know, another thing about the lawyering thing is there's, there's a way of looking at your photographs. The two projects that I know best are Weight Watchers and, um, and of course, the Bully Pulpit, which we worked on together and which I discovered in our chance meeting in Arles, France at the, at the fabulous uh, Rencontre de Dao, uh, <laughs> and uh, now that I look back at them with this additional little factoid, I can see there's a, you know, there's kind of an evidentiary quality to the work too, right? They're kind of documents that serve as evidence of something, uh, maybe, um, uh, and so different. They, you can see clearly how Weight Watchers, how the Bully Pulpit literally grows out of the side of Weight Watchers and all that work, but you know, it certainly takes a whole unpredictable new direction, which is so exciting about it. But um, another couple of quick questions about your background, and let's dive right into discussions of the bully pulpit and your work around that, and also the work that it's pointing to. Um, so, so you, like a lot of artists, you discovered your, you know, you in that moment of discovery in the dark room, you just had that, you know 
um, light bulb go off? And how did you go from that moment that, wow, I think this way of expressing myself is who, who I want to be or who I'm maybe meant to be, but how did you go from that to developing yourself as a, um, as a, um, I guess I'd say as an artist, how did your practice develop from there, from that moment of discovery? Yeah, so in, in uh, undergrad, I was just obsessed with reading about work and finding out how it was done. And this was, you know, I'm dating myself. This is before, like, the internet, like, was like, you've got mail. And so I would just spend weeks um, pouring through magazines and calling people, you know, like, I, I saw that Eggleston did dye transfer prints. And I'm like, what's dye transfer? And I mm-hmm. looked up how to do dye transfer. And I called people all over the country who had stashes of materials in their, you know, basements. And, and I would just, in undergrad, I was very technical Uh and I knew, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I loved helping other students. So I, when I went to grad school, um, I wanted a place where I could just figure things out, like uh, just be a sponge and Arizona, I went because of the ceramics and the photography, but when I got there, I, I mean, I realized that I didn't actually know anything in terms of, mm-hmm. of uh, like, an actual practice, and I worked with um, Paul Ivy, all these amazing uh, historians, but in terms of the performative aspects, I, I kind of got that from um, a painter named uh, Harmony Hammond, who is an icon in, uh, she's like a leading expert on lesbian art in America. And anytime you see the um, women's movements, like, you know, pictures, like she's right there. And um, so she just kind of opened up my eyes to what I'm trying to say, which is about, you know, I always having issues with this expectation of being a mom with 0.2 kids and, you know, Mm -hmm. picket fence but I didn't know how to say it. And she just opened me up to a world that, you know, kind of led me to where I am today, which is Mm -hmm. very much performative, um, very much um, not media specific, even though it happens to be photography um, a lot of the time, but, you know, it's very much kind of started, I see an image or I see how I want something to look. And then I, solve the problem of how to make it um oh. and that all started like in grad school 100 mm. mm. uh, yeah and um the work that became weight watchers um and i want to move i want most of our time to be spent around the bully pulpit but i think we need to ground it in the work uh, the project that became the book and, and the exhibition uh weight watcher so what were you out there? I know you discovered, talk about the, what you were out there to do when you discovered what became Weight Watchers. Yeah, so in, um, I was in you know, Memphis and trying to figure out what I wanted to do um, you know, post-grad school. There's always that kind of, you know, what do you do next? And I was thinking about this, um, this idea of when, you know, whenever you go out with friends, you go out to eat or you go out and, you know, where, where we're from, you go to the pool, you go to the beach, you know, and it's um, the only time I really thought about my body and my size and 
my weight was when I was, you know, going out with friends or going to restaurants or something like that. So I started carrying a camera with me and anytime there were, you know, I went around discovering these scenes that were, could be both, you know, depressing, but also inspiring. In other words, open-ended narratives where it was just self-portraits with me in these spaces that are framed somehow in food and, um, or some culture, um, because, you know, oftentimes I notice that food and the experience of eating is quite beautiful, but, you know, food is what actually keeps me from being accepted by society, you know, and so that kind of push and pull is something that's beautiful, but also painful. Mm. And so I was doing, I mean, it wasn't about anybody else. It was just about me. And um, I went to New York and like Times Square, Coca-Cola steps. It's just full of that, um, you know, just food imagery, just uh, advertising everywhere. So, you know, I sat up on the Coca-Cola steps and, you know, set up a camera and, you know, then moved a little bit down on Times Square. Again, just kind of placing myself around various places. And, you know, I remember taking forever to get the film developed because I was shooting with a Mamiya 6, um, you know, it was a lot of film, you know, a lot of it, very expensive. And I remember it took me a while to get all that developed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when I got the film back, um, I noticed that uh, this couple who I remember, um, I remember them, you know, kind of milling around because the, the woman was stunningly beautiful um, of the couple. It was, a, it was a man and a woman. And, but, you know, he appears to be, you know, kind of sneering at me. Mm. And... I don't know them and I don't know what they're thinking. And that's has something I always have to make clear with Weight Watchers is that I don't know what anybody's thinking. Right. But there's that moment frozen in time. And, you know, at, because I, you know, also, um, you know, intentionally framed it with like anonymity isn't for everyone in the background. So it was like this yeah. moment that kind of encapsulated this, this thing. And then it happened five minutes later, you know, on the same roll of film. And so I thought, well, okay what happens if I set up a camera everywhere I go? Mm -hmm. And so um, I was, that's what I did. And I was teaching at the time and I'm one of those people that kind of takes on multiple roles. So I would have to, it's not, you know, it's not, I'm not somebody who's going to like take a research leave. So over five years, basically I would, um, you know, travel to different places. And I learned pretty quickly that I need to travel internationally to get, just get diverse people mm -hmm. and um so I would I learned that I could get it paid for if I made a class out of it you know like mm -hmm. yeah get you know arrange portfolio reviews for students take them to different museums and experience the culture and then when they're off being students partying I could do my project mm -hmm. and so um that's basically how it was done and it was um all very kind of guerrilla style, quick little mundane performances, um, just and not knowing, you know, what success looked like until, you know, way later when you're looking at the computer. Well, it's really interesting, you know, there, there, there's a little bundle of things that you pointed to in this, and I want to sort of tease them out a little bit with you. So, so what I love about it is the, the I think for me, the very best uh, work comes out of a sense of searching and not really knowing. So you went out there, you know, thinking about yourself and society and how, you know, food and you went out there, first of all, not knowing exactly what you were doing, right? Just kind of poking around to see what, what might I discover? 
and then when you developed that first roll of film, you discovered something inside of something, right? So mm -hmm. it, you didn't really know where you were going. And it's sort of that aspect of things finding you. You mm -hmm. know, you have your equipment, you have your way of seeing, you have, you're showing up. It's not that you're showing up not knowing what you're doing. You're showing up knowing what you're doing, but not exactly having a, you know, it's Lewis and Clark, you, you're going, you know, you're going to see what you're going to find, but you don't know what you're going to find. You're equipped right. for it intellectually and from a practice standpoint, but you're open to what might be there for me, you know, and mm -hmm. speak about that a little bit. What, what, what? when did at what moment in that did you know yes this is it this is what i this is what i want to say well the first time it was with that image um you know that first image is yeah. and it and you know it was really i mean even even with digital technology it it took a long time you know it wasn't even if somebody was sitting there making fun of me like verbally like audibly i could hear them that didn't mean I had an image. So the mm -hmm. kind of chance factor and success rate was horrifically bad, you know, horrifically yeah. low. Yeah. And, and so it was just um, really more about determination and just keeping mm -hmm. with it. And um, the only time I really, so in 2012, um, I'd been working on the project for a couple of years and I had entered it in some shows and got rejection after rejection after rejection. And um, you know, I was like, well, I'm going to go to my, I want to go to a portfolio review and went to Photo Fest in Houston. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, the mothership, the mothership of all, yeah. You know, like I, I don't mess around. Like I'm going to, yeah. you know, I'm going to jump into the deep end instead of, you know, dipping the toes. And, mm -hmm. you know, the project wasn't even finished, but from there, like I almost stopped it. I almost, I almost like put it in the can. Um, but based on that feedback that why, you know, why was this, it what was what was the feedback like it caused you to pull away that way well there wasn't that there was well the only feedback i had was rejections from shows and when mm -hmm. you know in memphis it's you know great when you want to you know i love the students but it was really hard to connect with people it's not like there's a group of you know curators and professionals coming through memphis you know um there's there's a couple of museums there and they're very nice people, but in terms of anybody looking outward, um, it's also very painting heavy, even though Eggleston yeah. lived about a hundred yards from me, it's a very painting culture. Um, and so it was just, it was, it was, it was just living in radio silence. And, um, so, and then the only feedback I got were rejections from jury shows, which is not, it's not an indication but it's all i had so i'm like well yeah. let me go let me just put you know put everything in there and um and that was phenomenal because there i mean getting getting feedback that was um much more because i looked at it very um especially initially i looked at it very scientific like the hypothesis is, is i put myself out there then someone might react to me, um, yeah. you know, very scientific. And there I was able to get a much broader approach and it was a what very you, well what, received. Very well received. And what, quick, quick question, what, 20 reviews? How many reviews did you have? I mean, I, I've never been, no. to photo, but I'm told it's like a marathon of uh, reviewing, so. 
Yep, it's a marathon, and I pro- I had a, probably about eighteen like official reviews, but then people just kept bringing me their colleagues to meet yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I'm so bad at knowing who I need to speak with. I was like, yeah, galleries, but that you know, mm-hmm. but no, it turns yeah. out all these other places. So it helped me also kind of direct my efforts. I want to speak about maybe three or four of the specific images in Weight Watchers. We'll, we'll put some of the pictures of both that book, which we have copies of, you have copies of, so people can still get some copies of that book if they're interested. And uh, certainly we have um, the bully pulpit. But I, the, I'll mention a couple of photographs that always uh, sort of uh, resonate with me. And then you can maybe mention a couple and we can use those photographs to see, you know, just to have a conversation about it. Speak about the picture with the cops. There's a there's a picture with the, with New York's finest, and one of them yeah. is making a real joke. I think he's taking it, and I don't have the book in front of me. I'm just going by re- recollection. He, his comrade is a little bit taller than he is, a little bit shorter. He's walk. He's passing you by a little bit close, and so he's like holding his his uh, officer's cap over your head. You can't mm-hmm. see it, but kind of mocking you, you know. Uh, and uh, yeah, talk about that photograph a little bit. There was a little controversy around that photograph too, which I, I like. Yeah, so um, for that one, so again, New York City, um, and I would just go from point A to B, you know, uh, wearing whatever I was wearing and, you know, just, and if I happened upon a place that had like a really interesting kind of geometric, you know, composition, lots of people, I'd just stop and so that was a good place, good light, good good composition. And so I just stopped and I called my mom and um, talking to my mom and, you know, I would, the, the way we worked was um, for that one, it was a, it was a student, a former student and uh, just basically guarding the camera. And I would, you know, t- when I would see a group of people, I would do a hair twist when I had hair and um, he would just push the shutter button and so I'm just talking every now and then looking, doing the, you know, and, and the cops, I remember because when they walked past me, I was just hit with the strongest scent of cologne. And um, so then went home and saw that picture. And again, you know, I, with that work, I, I can, I take it, the image and I present it to start the conversation. So you know the controversy that um, lots of lots of controversy with that one. Um, you know people were um, you know trying to get me to because the high res image has their name and I can read it, but mm-hmm. they were trying to get me to give their their names. And I'm like I'm not mm-hmm. interested in mm-hmm. I'm not interested in you know uh, anybody getting fired or anything like that. Mm-hmm. We don't know what was happening. But it's just that moment where. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's how we, our emotions are determined are these little micro moments. Yeah. And um, he, so was aping, apparent- he was, he was aping out. I just have to say this. He was aping out almost an instinctual thing that he's done since he was in first grade. That's such a grade school play, right? I mean, it's this, that's the human, that's the human thing, right? He just, he let himself be, you know, violent, cruel, whatever you want to say. It's right out of right out of a school ground for me. That's how I read the image. Right, and so people inundated when it when the project went viral, um, starting in 2013. Um, people just inundated the New York Police Department, and there's a fi- apparently a file that says in their PR department that says that that image is photoshopped, mm-hmm. and 
it isn't because that's his arm. Right. Um, <laughs> we, we've now learned that a lot of things that the police say about what goes on with the police. And I've got, you know, I, I was a former prosecutor and I love law enforcement when it does right. But mm, sometimes they don't always shoot straight. <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, you know, that's, I mean, any, it, and, you know, that's, this was before all, you know, like the, you know, but people were like, you don't know what he's doing. And, you know, he's just poking fun and other people were mm -hmm. like, how dare he? And that to me was part of it. Like I, yeah. you know, that's, that's with all the images. I just sit back right. and, yeah, you know. Yeah. It's, a, it's among the more, more powerful images for me and that, that work. And then the, the one on the beach, I think is really awesome. I don't know what it is about the, you know, the one I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, speak that about that one. Is, one uh, so towards the end, well, how do you know a project ends? Because I probably could have kept doing it for years. Um, I was getting, I was publishing that project. So I knew, you know, I needed, I had a deadline and um, I didn't know, I hadn't been around, I'd been to New York and Atlanta a couple of times in Chicago, but not really a lot around the United States. And so I, um, I took a couple of quick trips and I said, well, where am I going to go? And so I Googled the most vain cities in America. And so <laughs> towards the end of the project, I went is that, to is that Palm Beach? Is that Palm Beach? I don't know. Well, ha, yeah, ha, well, so um, Los Angeles and, mm -hmm. and Honolulu and uh, South Beach, Miami. Mm -hmm. So for the beach image, um, I actually drove from Memphis, just a road trip, all like all the way down to Miami and just worked my way up. And that, um, I think was in Cocoa or Ormond beach. Um, but, uh, yeah. So again, just trying to find, you know, so if you look at it chronologically, it looks like suddenly I decided to get into beach wear because I was like, no, mm -hmm. but that's just, the, that's just towards the end. But, um, you know, just trying to fit in, trying to not do anything that stands out and, you know, so put on some sunscreen for a few seconds and then just move on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, the whole work, if you don't, people that haven't seen the whole work really need to see it because it's, uh, there's not a, there's nothing, there's no photograph that's not just fascinating. Those photographs are just amazing to me about studies of human nature. I mean, there is much more than just that, uh, but the, as a collection, they're really super powerful. One that directly links closest to Bully Pulpit was um, the cops one, because during the second or third viral moment, there was a campaign to try to, like, that, that Weight Watchers was photoshopped. And, um, and a lot of these people, you know, like, you know, tried to start change.org petitions. I mean, like they, you know, like bless your heart. You don't know what a petition's for, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, especially with cops, they were saying it was Photoshopped and that actually um, led to, I think two of the bullies were those people that were just leading campaigns to try to say that everything was Photoshopped. Even that work is no. very, that work was very, con obviously very con I think, um, and this is not my intention, uh, but, you know, I think when you have, um, when you have somebody who is basically just presenting something that happened, like that's it, um, you know, I think people will kind of put on their, put on their points of view and go at it. And a lot mm -hmm. of people, um, 
you know, if, uh, you know, I want to say like 0.01% actually criticized the photographic quality of the work. It was more, you know, criticizing me. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the people that, the hateful people were dedicated to um, basically, I think, trying to get me to stop literally everything I was doing, like stop living mm -hmm. by mm -hmm. um, telling me or telling everyone how fat and ugly and atrocious I am. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, let's go from there to how the idea for the bully pulpit um, arose. The first kind of major media site that published uh, Weight Watchers was Huffington Post. And I knew it was coming out, but I knew, I found out it was published when I got this email and it was like, it was some made up Gmail with a subject line, like, you're gonna die. And it was like, you are disgustingly ugly, you're gonna drop dead. And I was like, oh, Huffington Post must have published. <laughs> and um, so, I, and from the beginning, they just cracked me up. And so I started yeah. saving the comments and, you know, they would be emails, they would be, you know, there's, there's bloggers. I mean, there's, I didn't know anything about the internet, like when I started this project, I mean, but there's like Reddit and 4chan and 8chan uh -huh. and all the chans, whatever, uh -huh. just strings of, of, um, just people, um, commenting on how awful I look and so just the just the kind of just the waste of time that people were uh, energy of time that people were spending trying to get me to stop um, was just comical yeah. this one guy who um, emailed me from his professional email like he, he I didn't have to google him he gave me his name phone number address everything in his email and he's he spends this long email telling me i think he thinks that i just don't understand that i'm ugly like maybe if i just knew that my clothes aren't fitting well maybe uh -huh. i just don't know and nobody's told me yet uh -huh. and so i'm like okay this guy he's gonna be my case study so um i was thinking well what do i want to do i want to you know i really want to make an impact i want to outsmart these people because if i respond to them in text it'll just you know feed their ego yeah. and so yeah. Like I'm, he was in Salt Lake City. I'm like, well, you know, so I went to Salt Lake City and I'm like, can, do I want to do Weight Watchers outside of his business? Like, and I got to the point where I was like, um, researching the technical definition of harassment, like tech, just so everybody knows in 49 states, it's two unsolicited contacts. So, and so I'm, I was down on the point where I was like, okay, is it the photograph that's the contact or if he catches me or and if I put it anyway, I was down this rabbit hole and I'm like, wait a minute, I am not a harasser. That's mm. not, that's not, that's not outsmarting them. And so mm -hmm. I just kind of backed it up and realized that these people's internet persona is so different than what they portray, you know, and what they really are. And it means everything to them. And mm -hmm. I also realized that the power of, you know, this is crazy that no amount of power or money can remove an image from the internet. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that however I responded, it would be, have to be with a photograph because they can delete text. They can, mm -hmm. they can do anything, but they cannot remove an image. Mm -hmm. So I took my, I took my case study guy and, you know, found a public profile image of him 
got a wig and, you know, um, my first couple of iterations with text, I needed some work, but finally I realized that if I, um, print the text on, you know, clothing, mm-hmm. then that was a way to kind of, um, you know, deliver the text in a kind of unusual way instead of just mm. kind of photoshopping it or whatever. Right. So then I had, I mean, I had thousands of comments and, and then I whittled it. I, I ordered 60 wigs and, um, <laughs> you are an all in person when you're in, you're all in. Yeah. I don't mess around. So <laughs> I really looked at like the 60 cause, um, you know, 60, like there's technically 60 Weight Watchers images in the book, even mm-hmm. though I only exhibit 20 to 25 of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I'm like, you know what? I don't need image after image I just need this kind of core group of people and I wanted people I wanted like a diverse age group you know um, location try to find a wide range of people I also wanted to pick people that I could work with creatively Uh yeah because there were probably socially sadder people but you know or you, you know, wanted to be are... inspired you wanted them to be your yeah. muse for yeah I get it yeah and so that that's basically how i picked the 25 and then from there um worked on locations finding you know ordering their you know designing their clothes and each one was treated like a movie you know like Mm. each one had its own little production location um and everything and versus you know because what i loved about weight watchers was that idea of I mean, doing something that nobody's done before, which still sounds strange coming out of my mouth, but, um, you know, I did wish that I could control the image more. I mean, Mm -hmm. you just can't with performative work. Right. Um, I mean, that's the whole point. And so, um, you know, really being able to craft the image exactly how I wanted. Mm -hmm. And there you go. So everybody puts tons of information on their public profile. There was one person who, um, uh, like, he was mean, super mean, and he uh, put, like, a dog cartoon as his social media, you know, face, but took, I mean, and we're talking, when I'm talking, like, investigating these people, I'm talking, like, you know, less than five-minute Google searches. Like, I am right. not a right, right. You, you know, private no, no, investigator. No, no, it's all there, yeah. It's just what they, this, you basically, you basically took what they were pushing out into the world uh, willingly and openly and proudly, and you just took that, what was immediately available. Right, and the only one that I had to do some work on was the guy who, with the cartoon dog profile, but I was like, well, let me Google his name and his city, because that's what he put and found out that he was arrested so within an hour i had his mugshot and so this idea of <laughs> you know like and, and and so you know when thinking about the wigs and the costumes and you know i thought about do i want to go full makeup you know do i want these people really recognizable like do i want them to mm-hmm. anybody to be able to look at them and say no that's you know that's that's, that's Jim Bob. You know. That's Jim right. Bob. Yeah. And, and no, I didn't. I wanted to be. Um, I wanted people to kind of look at, like, make you know, my dream is for them to be scrolling, you know, through their phone and then see an image and say, "Oh, is that me?" Like, mm-hmm. and it's some. And a lot of times, I think people are so narcissistic that they'll think it's them and it's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so it's that. <laughs> 
you know, yeah. that interested me. Yeah. And it also allowed me to um, use the props as uh, with humor because mm -hmm. it's very difficult. You know, online bullying is extremely difficult. And yeah. um, I, most people are very, very hurt by it. And some people mm -hmm. are, you know, quite tortured by it. And so yeah. I didn't want to, I didn't, you know, I wanted to kind of soften the blow of the series. Um, yeah. Well, you're hitting, well. you're hitting, you're striking back or you're responding, maybe it's better than striking back, uh, or sending them up. Uh, but I loved what Emma, the uh, curator uh, at the Tate Modern, one of the curators, wrote in your book, wrote the essay for uh, The Bully Pulpit. And um, uh, I think she called it a burlesque. And she said the mm -hmm. great joy of it is that you're just having a ball you know, yeah. uh, re recreating them and that joy and playfulness, even with the little edgy, you know, twisting the knife a little bit is not done in a, uh, in a, uh, I don't know what the word is. Uh, it's definitely, it's a sharp take, but it's not, uh, it's not means, it's not mean spirited. And well, it's, that it's not it's, easy to, that is not easy to pull off. You're not pulling a punch. But you're also not. I mean, they're comic. They're, they're yeah. I mean, perfect. I think they're burlesque. Yeah. If if I were hurt by them, and if I were, you know, there's reacting, but they're. I think the that none of them hurt me. None of them made me doubt yeah. anything I was doing, and yeah. so it's more of um, you know empowerment mm -hmm. um, for the viewer, hopefully, um, yeah. versus I'm you know. And that's why I don't really think of it as revenge. I think of it as response. Yeah, because I think it's, I agree. you know, cathartic. When people ask me, is it cathartic? And the answer is no, because I think to be cathartic and to have revenge, you have to have been scorned. You have to have been yeah. hurt. Yeah. And I, I'm not. I still yeah. get these messages every, you know, got one like a month ago. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, yeah. you know, they they just don't know and yeah i mean i think anybody who basically exists out of outside of society's expectation of what someone should look like if anybody does anything that's empowering then there's a big wave of people who are going to get them to stop or try to get them to stop almost anybody almost anybody who's put themselves um or expressed themselves or put themselves out there in some way on the internet that achieves any level of uh uh of attention if they are found by one of these uh, bullies you know they're subject to being uh cut down or uh, or mocked yeah. or hurt in, in your case it happens that the area that they're uh, uh attacking you on is an area that's really seismic uh the mis misogynistic uh, you know we we're living in a time when a lot of buried fault lines or our tectonic plates shift along the feminine, masculine, and misogyny pops up, uh, body shape and ideals of uh, uh, normative values pop up. So, you know, um, the work, is, you know, we're speaking about is playful and, and it certainly is, but the work definitely uh, is driven by very powerful social forces. And 
there is a, that there is that element in your work that maybe we can talk about it now a little bit. I and I I, I, would, I don't want to leave the aesthetic. I want to come back to the because these are works of art, uh, very powerful works of art. But there's definitely also in both books um, a um, uh, not a social message, but a social stance, I guess you could say, and a social um, uh, there's social work going on here in in the best sense of the word. So I think it's important that uh, people that are just coming to the work and coming to you understand that when you said that your first book went viral, I mean, when we say viral, it was you were on the Today Show, for example. CBS uh, what, this morning, yeah. Yeah, CBS. Well, so, apologies, Basically. CBS. <laughs> yeah. One of, one of those big morning shows. I mean, you were everywhere. Yeah. And what, yeah, so the first time it went viral, it's kind of like, um, uh, you know, in Huffington Post and then Daily Mail the next day, and that's when it went viral. And, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I stopped counting at over 250 million viewer readers viewers um and um and that's with authorized um mm -hmm. you know our interviews yeah. and so um yeah and so this idea of going viral which is i can't i mean it still kind of makes me a little ill to say viral but yeah um the at the time i was using i was just managing it because they're going to run the images anyway and i had to put my voice and so it turned into like a 40 hour a week unpaid job for months, yeah. months and months. Yeah. And then it would die down. And so the first time it went viral, like I'm on the phone with, and I don't know how they get my number, but um, I'm on the phone with, um, uh, the first one was like Anderson Cooper live and Jeff Probst had a, had a, I didn't even know he had a show, but he had a show and I was going to go there and, um, Good Morning America flew out a crew to interview me and I mean and it was just nonstop and um you know phone calls and and then the pope quit and I don't know anything about that but I can tell you that when the pope quit because it just stopped mm. and you know because I mean every day was probably about and we're talking global we're not just talking mm -hmm. uh, American so we're talking mostly South American European uh, so every day I had about 10 articles every day, mm. interviews that I was giving um, for about, I think it was about two weeks. And then the Pope quit. I'm like, oh. So then it died down. You were, your, your, viral, your viral fire was, was, was finally extinguished by the Pope quitting. Right. But just for about a month. Because then <laughs> Salon had me write um, an essay. And that's mm. when CBS This Morning picked it up. And that's when it went... Mm viral again and then you know when i did a kickstarter for that book um i started to think about how i could use all this attention to mm -hmm. to help that so i i did start managing it eventually but for you know so i'd say probably 2013 and 14 was just reaction of uh, me trying to manage it so yeah at the end of 2013 it was like several lists of best story you know best personal essay or whatever and then it went viral again so it's like and the bully pulpit the bully pulpit you haven't been on the cbs this morning show but you've got new york times you've been you've it's received tremendous attention and exhibitions around the world you've had exhibitions in china and in ireland yeah. and london and 
yeah, so with Bully Pulpit, I wanted to do something very differently because, you know, when I started meeting with people about Weight Watchers, they kind of acted like it was, they were like, oh, this is groundbreaking. This is iconic work, but we see it too much. And I'm like, okay. So with Bully Pulpit, I wanted it to be like the media actually work for me and the project instead of the other way around. So I've been very, um, been very, you know, very specific with who I work with. Um, and only really, like the only reason you really need media is if you got something to announce. Mm -hmm. And so if they're not, if it's not aligned with an exhibition or something, then um, I just don't do it. So um, mm -hmm. I've been able to, I mean, say no a lot. Um, mm -hmm. And, but the work is exhibiting, um, like where is it right now it is in spain um at the at the fanac bookstores it's been touring mm -hmm. since last summer it just it was just exhibited in london um two exhibitions in london um right before lockdown um it's uh i'm trying to think it's going to be i mean it's i've been very 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 um it's been doing it's been exhibiting well um and so that's been very, very good. And it's, it's booked for exhibitions through 2022. Mm. Um, not fully booked, but I have exhibitions through 2022. And you're based in, uh, you teach at the University of Belfast now or University of Ulster in Belfast. At Ulster the, University uh, at Belfast yeah. School of Art. Yeah. Tell me what's going on uh, with this photograph uh, that really is uh, sort of leads, opens the book, the one with the, um, in the mirror. Um, that one is called Steam and it's the, um, uh, it's a blogger who dedicated several, I mean, he's got a daily blog and he's dedicated several of his posts to basically um, talking about how fat and ugly I am. And to the extent that he, um, you know, figures out the weight of the camera and how much, you know, if I went to the gym and lifted barbells, I could lose so much weight. And the, the image in the phone looks just like his profile. And he just has all of these topless, you know, um, bathroom towel type photos with just this washboard abs. And, you know, whenever um, that story came up as a Google, his blog post, you know, come, came up with a, as a Google um, alert and I put it on Facebook and, you know, and every time somebody made a comment, you know, criticizing him, he, um, you know, would, uh, uh, you know, delete it. And so this idea of, basically cultivating an audience just to spread hate because it wasn't just me like none of these people um i don't feel like any of them i mean have a personal none of them are stalking me like i am what's in front of them and they're going to throw their hates but in other words there are millions of other people that they're bullying um it's not like they just picked up me and did it for the first and last time but he, you know, creates this platform for an audience just to spread hate. And so, um, you know, I found this um, uh, chest uh, kind of uh, costume piece and it's perfect because it's fake. And again, this all illusion of this false um, 
kind of reality that they think internet the internet's going to protect them from you know the reality of how the situation really is so he um you know he's he was he's probably my favorite um kind of uh person um in terms of character and then um the um oh the fake waste girl is um so she, so this woman kind of was like a leader of a campaign to try to i don't know i mean i think i think these people don't just want me to stop they just want me to like die they want me to like go away and never do anything again um but she started this campaign that weight watchers was photoshopped and if you go to her profile she all of her pictures are very large chest very tiny waist very large hips and a thigh gap and not that you know you know that I, I it's just the irony of her starting a campaign about me photoshopping when her entire profile was filled with these things that are if they're not if they're not physically possible they were helped with surgery which again that's fine but um you know so i wanted to show this kind of facade so you know this um what happens behind the camera so leaving the mirror up and so it's showing what actually happens um you know and all these instagram and facebook photos like the reality um so that um that one's a real uh, that's one of my favorites as well um I, mean, I have a lot of favorites i don't do any work unless i enjoy doing it i think what's some of what may be going on playing armchair psychologist is maybe she's projecting uh toward you the very thing that she's wrapped up in right um so i think there's a psychological phenomenon called projection i think we are living through a time in our country's history where uh, our projector in chief uh, projects things all the time. Um, uh, but that leads to the question, have you ever, have you ever discussed um, uh, internet bullying or any aspects of this with, um, with um, psychoanalysts or anybody, psychologists that might, you know, have, or have you heard from any of those folks? Because it is quite a fascinating phenomenon. Or have you done any research or reading around it? Just the raw psychic psychic question of what the hell? And no, I haven't because I think um, when I do go down, start to go down that kind of path, I learned about people who, you know, because oftentimes when you Google this stuff, you know, you, you hear the stories of people who committed suicide over um, receiving this abuse and yeah. you know when we were when we were young it was sticks and stones may break my bones but right now you know they it never goes away and yeah. so there's um i've done a lot of research by accident and um you know just this idea of the if it's in writing on the internet it never goes away like it can't be deleted mm -hmm. and then um young people you know you know other people do it as well but particularly i find it harmful for young people like on this what gra oh, whatsapp group like your mistakes and everything is just sent instantly to hundreds of people and it just never goes away so mm -hmm. um the ability for people to kind of be 
you know, resilient and bounce back. It's just, you, you're constantly reminded of mm. either a mistake that you made or somebody making fun of you or some non-positive moment. And so I try, I try to, I don't, uh, so one of, one iteration of Bully Pulpit early on, somebody really thought I should meet the people, meet the bullies and, and talk to them. And, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want to, it's not my job to teach yeah. them, you know, that, right, that's like their right. mama should have taught them. Yeah, and I, right, right, and right. I, and, and so I, I really, I don't, there's no amount of research that can, that can tell me why people bully yeah, and yeah, that, yeah. so I, it's, yeah I, it's not interesting to me interesting to me yeah i um, get it yeah and because yeah. i it's my... just a phenomenon it's just a phenomenon that is you know and, well, and i uh, yeah i didn't notice that when so particularly on like facebook so like viral nova i think has like ten thousand comments on a story they posted on my of weight watchers and it's so mostly nine i mean like 90 percent just hateful things and things you would see things die down like because mm -hmm. people have other things in the world to either bully or do in life so mm -hmm. things would die down and then somebody that person who started it would come back in and stir the pot again and <laughs> and so it's it's yeah. not like I, the people i noticed did it for attention like they actually get notoriety and fame to an extent by yeah. you know like yeah. being you know being the funniest and being the meanest and yeah yeah so yeah and i think and do i think people would do this in person you know i used to think no but uh, no i'm just kidding yeah um, yeah i if everybody did everything like if all the people who write hateful things about me and again i'm just one person like there's millions of people that are being bullied then I think we would constantly, yeah. constantly be fighting. So I want to say, I mean, yeah. like physically fighting all the time. So I want to yeah. say no. Like I don't think yeah. people would do this. Like they do it because the internet lets them, and the yeah. social media yeah. supports them. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that's right. I, I think a lot of people are concerned. We're moving into a time where people have been given permission uh, to show up at rallies, and you know chant lock her up and uh, I think we're living in a time where that's being taken off of the internet and people are being given permission in certain settings to do that I don't think you see that as often in a Kroger or a grocery store or Walmart but but you're starting to see it you know you're starting to see that type of performative hatred um, out in the world more um, oh yeah yeah um, uh, we're going to need to wrap up but I do want to talk a little bit about where you're headed. What are you, um, what are you, what, where has this work pointed you to and where, where what are you, what are you, what are you up to? So um, I, I've always, so I, you know, I received thousands of um, hateful messages with, from people um, when they saw Weight Watchers, but, but I saw, I also received thousands of positive comments. And, you know, 90% of the positive comments are, you know, you go girl, you know, you thank me, you know, thank you. And, you know, little brief things, but a lot of them are um, people, you know, messages from people who um, truly overcame something when they saw Weight Watchers and, um, mm. you know, writing very personal mm. um, messages about, um, 
uh, I mean, there's a wide range, you know, of people who, um, you know, one, and it's not just about weight, but, you know, um, somebody who had jaw cancer and had to have surgery and never felt comfortable going out. And then they saw Weight Watchers and that gave them confidence. And, um, you know, even people who, well, they, they emailed me to tell me that they bully people and then they saw mm. Weight Watchers and they decided to stop bullying. Wow. And so yeah. this idea, uh, and so the positive people has taken a lot of time for me to figure out how I want to do it. And I finally figured it out was basically this idea of seeing, it's another phenomenon that we're in, is seeing something on the internet and causing like a positive life change and being inspired. Mm. Um, because I think about, you know, if you think about life changing things for me, there's not that many, you know? Uh, yeah. And so yeah. it's the, you know, and so what does that look like? What is, what is joy and inspiration gleaned from the internet look like? And so what I'm doing, and I just um, literally um, started, I, you know, planned out a couple of images and I've started getting props, is I'm reaching out to the, to 25 of the people um, who message me. I've got, if, you know, many, many to choose from, but, and I'm asking them, you know, the colors, the patterns, objects that inspire them and mm. where were they when they saw Weight Watchers and um, to, to, you know, talk about that kind of positive experience. Um, and then um, performing, basically um, taking all of their, it's kind of collaborative and then I'm taking their questions or their answers and kind of, um, developing the aesthetic for the image and then I'm kind of performing that joy mm. so wow. for instance um so I I've emailed uh I've gotten four responses back and so the, one of them for instance um you know she you know purple glittery purple plum glittery colors inspire her and she was at her computer when she saw Weight Watchers and she her original message is she, you know, she's a PhD researcher and like is basically bullied professionally for her size. And, you know, it just made her feel better to, you know, and so she emailed me, but so I'm going to, you know, basically create this kind of glitch aesthetic, you know, glitch is when you, um, you know, remove a piece of code in Photoshop and it makes all these weird bars in the image, but I'm actually mm -hmm. going to create that in camera or, you know, in front of mm. the camera and, by hmm. layering, um, it's again, it's kind of like um, bully pulpit in that they're very constructed, but these are gonna be three-dimensional co constructions of color and light and pattern and uh, mirrors and um, magnifying glasses, but basically kind of performing their empowerment and their joy. So she's gonna hmm. be in an office. So I'm dressed in a purple leotard and, um, you know, performing that basic joy. And so there's mm. going to be like 25 bully pulpit. There's going to be 25 of those. And, mm. um, and it's much more um, like, I generally know what the images are going to look like, but I don't know until um, the inspired person uh, and I kind of have a conversation about it. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's good. It's a, it's a new way of working. And um, basically, it'll be like Weight Watchers, Bully Pulpit, and then this third project, kind of a three-part, yeah. and then done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds really, it sounds really beautiful. And again, you found a way to make to transform it to something 
that objectively speaking will be completely different formally formally and and in content but still circling around how do pictures move into the world and how do people you know respond to to each other and to, to uh, what comes up when they uh, encounter you know um expression the expression of um of the body and of um uh, another human uh yeah so this is really uh, this is really terrific um um haley um is um is there anything else that uh is on your mind or you'd like to share about any of your work your practice before uh, during or, or going forward <laughs> yeah there's another project that i'm um you know so again it's about you know in this for that one, it's about the visibility of basically, you know, positive moments and something else with, um, I'm kind of expanding my um, methods and um, basically um, I'm, I'm a finalist or I was a finalist for the uh, BMW residency award oh. for a project where, where I'm, um, I want to basically alter a photograph to show what invisibility looks like. So I'm going to use um, basically eye tracking technology. So when somebody, you know, the scene's going to be of me in a social or professional scene, but when somebody looks at the image, I disappear. Um, mm. Just, just much, much like, um, you know, people ignore you in, in those situations. And mm -hmm. so right now I'm working on, basically I'm um, the way I'm handling lockdown is by applying for residencies for next summer <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and um, trying to get funding for that project because um, it's it's um, it's it's simple as visually but it's a new form of photography so mm. I'm really excited about that yeah that does sound and it's also in a it's still connecting with the issue of visibility at a hot, very high level, but it's definitely another realm from uh, the trilogy of Weight Watchers, Bully Pulpit, and and your new work. Um, mm -hmm. um, well, I just want to thank you, uh, Haley, uh, for uh, coming into my life and uh, for you sharing the Bully Pulpit with um, with Fall Line Press and with our team of designers and others and and with the world you've been uh, you are an amazing human being and um not just as an artist but just as a uh, someone with great wit uh, great balance um just a great um friend to have and i have so enjoyed uh creating the book and uh, really have enjoyed this work that we've done since the book um bringing it out into the world i compared to you i'm a slacker uh you've done so much to get the the, the work out there um and we are just thrilled and honored to be you know part of um uh what your practice has become and and the way that it's uh uh impacting the world and thank you for making time to to be uh, in conversation with uh, with me today and um yeah looking forward to to more Thank you. Really appreciate All it. Right.